Hey everyone, so today's topic is anxiety and depression. Now, the reason why I decided that we need to talk about this topic is it's something that I've kind of always dealt with pretty much since the day I was born. Um, and it's been quite bad recently, but these past like two, three days, I've been feeling a lot better. But last week, I had I had a really bad depressive episode. Um, so I just felt that it was quite fitting for me to talk about it. And I know that it's something that people of all ages, all gender, race, um, you know, everyone deals with it. I, I personally think that there's not a single person in this world that has never dealt with a bit of depression or anxiety. So I just thought it would be, it could be a nice topic that we can talk about and maybe just try and, I can try and give you some advice. So let me, okay, let me introduce you to my experience with anxiety and depression. So for me, I was never an anxious kid, like at all. But I do definitely, looking back on my life, see that I definitely had a bit of a tendency to be depressed. Like, as a kid, I was a very happy child. I had a great childhood. I, you know, that's one thing I can really say about my life is that I did have a great childhood. My parents were great. They raised me to believe what I want to believe, but also not to believe in, like, bad things. They've taught me, you know, don't be racist, don't be homophobic, and all that kind of stuff. And as topics of those kind of things evolved... I was able to then educate them about the subject, which is really great because it was kind of like we'd always educate each other. But anyway, that's literally not the point of this conversation. So I had a great childhood. I was raised really well, I'd like to say. Um, But I always found myself to be like a little bit sad. Like I'd always, especially at night, I'd get very sad at night. And I never really understood why. And I still don't understand why. Um, But... I was always doing things as a kid. I was very privileged. I'm I'm so grateful. And I was constantly seeing friends or traveling or doing this, doing that. I never really had a day when I had I was bored. I mean, there would be days, but like in general, I was a pretty busy kid. I was hyper. Like that was kind of my life. Like I had a I had a really exciting life. And once that all kind of died down, Sorry, this is like making a weird noise. Um, Once that kind of like died down, I would get sad at night. And I I couldn't really understand why. And, you know, looking back, I'm thinking maybe I was suffering from a little bit of depression as a kid. Like maybe that's something I've always had a tendency to lean towards. So I always think personally that I always suffered from a bit of depression. But once I hit high school is really where I started to suffer from anxiety and depression. Um, Like I said, I had never been an anxious kid. I'd never been an anxious person. I was never an anxious person up until I started high school. And now in high school, I went through a lot of bullying. I was severely bullied um, online, in person, at studios I danced at, at schools I went to. just social media I I went through quite a tough time in my first year of high school 
and then it would get better and then it would get worse once I moved. But for me, that's when my ba- really bad, like severe anxiety started was in the beginning of high school because I was I was always a very cheerful and happy person. I was nice to everyone. Like I saw the good in everyone. I honestly didn't think anyone had a bad bone in their body without you know being without being given a reason. Cuz for me, like in primary school in general, like I mean there were the mean girls obviously, but in general, like no one really had a problem with each other unless they had a falling out or there was this or there was that. So I'd never been in a situation where you arrive one day and then girls just start picking on you and you've done nothing. So that was very new to me. So I was I was friendly to everyone, I would like to think. From what I can remember, I was friendly to everyone. Um, I probably wasn't though. You know, we all have like a moment where we're probably not being very kind. But I remember I used to I used to greet everyone in the morning. I used to go up and give everyone hugs in the morning and like make an effort with everyone. And I everyone was like relatively nice back to me. But I think the problem was is that they were nice to me and then they'd turn around and then it would all like the bullying would start and then I'd hear about it and then it just started getting more towards my like. To, to my face and you know I had like a lot of anxiety because of that and I couldn't go I literally would have it I easy to say like 10 panic attack proper full-blown panic attacks a day it really took over my life and I, I couldn't function at all I became severely depressed and anxious I lost a ton of weight like I look back on the photos and I'm like Oh my gosh, like I wasn't unhealthily skinny at all. Like I look back and I'm like I was skinny, but I was never like an unhealthy weight. But I look back and I'm like, wow, I lost a lot of weight. And my appetite like went downhill because I stopped caring about myself. I stopped taking care of myself, working out, doing this, doing that. I had a, I literally for three months straight, I lay in bed all day, every day and I refused to go to school. So... And I I ate so bad because I didn't care about myself. And I literally ate the most, like the unhealthiest I probably have ever eaten in my entire life. And I was so skinny. And that's what like anxiety and depression does to you. Like it really, it messes with you. And although like, I mean, I know on my part, and I'm sure a lot of other people can feel this, but when you lose a bit of weight, you feel good about yourself. But when when it's weight that you are losing because of your like sanity it doesn't feel good it doesn't feel good so that was my introduction to it and I've been to therapy because of it I've I've been in and out of therapy for a long time so I've kind of learned how to cope with it and like before all the bullying the person I was I'm not that friendly happy person anymore like that's just not who I am like if I see someone I know out and I'm not like best friends with them and it's kind of like a, oh, I know you-ish, like, oh, we've, we've hung out once, I won't go up and greet you. And like, it seems really rude, but I will not go up and greet you because I'm so scared of being made fun of or just people being like, I don't know who you are, like, the fuck, who are you? Like, just because that's kind of the kind of thing that I experienced because I had always gone up to people 
and then you know sometimes it would be received well and sometimes it wouldn't so unless I know for a fact that my like I will be welcomed when I greet someone I'm not going to speak to you at all I might wave at you I might smile at you but if I don't feel comfortable I probably won't go up and greet you and that's just something that's changed from dealing with anxiety and depression so yeah and now my anxiety is more of like it just randomly happens and I get bad social anxiety I get really bad social anxiety like before I go to a party or something even if I know the people like really well I'm so anxious and once I get there I'm fine but it's the whole leading up and being like oh what if what if and you know I'm on antidepressants for obviously my depression and anxiety and mood stabilizers so obviously that's all helping now but generally my anxiety is triggered by something but a lot of the time it's quite random like I'll, I'll be having a great day and I'll be sitting with my friends we'll be laughing all of a sudden I'm like boom anxiety I have to get out of here kind of thing so yeah but anyway so that's kind of my introduction to it um from what I've had to deal with and I was going to so also by the way sorry can you hear that that's so annoying so basically I'm using a different cord because it sorry let me just try and fix this I'm using a different cord because I've lost my other cord if, if you can't hear it in the um, recording then I'm quite surprised but basically yeah that's just the problem and I'm super sorry about that I lost one of my cords so I'm using a cord from like a CD converter whatever so the sound quality like the quality might not be great but I just yeah I, I'm sorry ignore it I'll I don't know figure it out anyway I'm also sitting in my closet because it's the quietest place because I usually film these at night on like a Sunday night film these record these and it's Monday at 1 p.m. so it's very loud so now I was going to kind of go through how I've learned to deal and cope with anxiety and depression and then give some advice as well as doing kind of like a Q&A but I figured that I should maybe do the Q&A first so that I don't end up repeating myself because some of my tips and tricks I, I might be able to answer for people so I'm gonna start with that and then if anything gets left out I'll add it in at the end so the first question is how do you cope with your anxiety which okay for me like sometimes anxiety you just sometimes it's just you're not able to cope with it and that's perfectly normal you're not weird you're not a freak sometimes it's just unbearable however if you are living your life where it's taking over that's when it's a problem so i'd just like to start off by saying that but for me honestly so like i said in the beginning i was very badly bullied at school and that's where a lot of my anxiety came from and i'm a firm believer of you know life can be tricky and it can be tough and it, it can honestly just suck sometimes but i see this is difficult because i firmly believe that you need to remove yourself from a toxic environment which is what i did in high school I remove myself from the tox toxic environments. But I'm also a believer that 
you, you know, life sucks. Life is hard. That's just how it is. Life is going to be great sometimes, but for the rest of your life, it's going to be hard. And there are going to be environments that you don't like being in. But unfortunately, it, it's something that you have to get through. So for me, removing me from my environment was vital for my life. I believe for a fact that if I never left the high school that I went to, I would be dead. I, I would be dead. And so for me, my environment became life-threatening. I hated life. I didn't want to exist anymore. I was, you know, self-harming and everything. It was really bad. So removing myself from my environment was vital. But with that being said, like, you're not going to always be in your best environment, like your working environment. Majority of working environments are, they suck. And you know, if you really hate your job, you know, you can leave, but sometimes you've got to be able to just, like, deal with it, and that's, and I, I'm always like, oh my gosh, if something's bad for you, take it out of your life, but also just deal with it, it's something that you've got to deal with, I'm sorry, but we can't hide from stuff for our entire life, so, so remove yourself from environment, but if it's something that you can deal with, I'd suggest no just try it makes you stronger but definitely for me in my situation removing myself from a toxic environment was important so say your anxiety and I know not all anxiety like stems from something specific but say your anxiety stems from like your friendship group and you're in a bit of a toxic friendship or a toxic relationship and it just causes you a lot of anxiety you know Sometimes you have to just evaluate the situation and go, would it be better if I removed myself from this environment? So that's what I have to say on the environment. Um, For me as well, I... Therapy. Now, I've been through a lot of therapists and psychiatrists and I've had some really shitty counsellors and they've just kind of been like, tough, bro, like deal with it I don't know how to help you like that's dead ass what some of them would like I remember once I told something very like I finally opened up to one of the therapists I have and she gave me this look like what the fuck is wrong with you like so I will say that there are a lot of therapists that I honestly don't think should be qualified for their position but if you find oh my god I swear to god this mic is getting on my last nerves um if you find a therapist that you really connect with, it can change your life. Like, the psychologist I'm with now, she is amazing. She gives me advice, which is something I've always needed in a therapist. Because for me, therapy has never worked when people have been like, how are you going to deal with the situation? Because for me, it's like, I'm coming to you with my problems because I don't know how to deal with it. And now I know that therapy you know they can't solve your problems for you it's about like self-discovery and being able to you know I understand that but for me that kind of therapy didn't work for me where they would only listen I don't like when people only listen I love input so my therapist I'm with now she gives me input she gives me ideas on how to handle things but she also doesn't try and solve my problems for me so when you find the right therapist you it can really change your life so if if your anxiety is really bad and you think that talking to someone will help, then I highly suggest you do that. Another 
way I cope with my anxiety is I have so one of my old psychologists actually we came up with the idea of toolkits so it's basically like a bunch of different whether it can be like meditation or it can be rituals or just something that or like holding your childhood teddy bear I don't know something that helps calm your anxiety for me so for me my anxiety when I get panic attacks or if I get anxious I feel very out of body I I always feel like I'm dreaming so when I get anxiety I, I constantly ask the people around me like am I dreaming right now and they're like no you're not and that's like kind of my thing I feel like I'm I can't tell what's real or what's not so for me what's really helped me is part of my toolkit has been physically touching things so if I get anxious or I feel a panic attack coming on I will literally just touch the wall and I will feel the wall and like just I'll literally go around the room I look crazy like if it happens to me when I'm out I look crazy but like I will touch different surfaces because then I can feel the textures and I can like, it also helps distract me because now I'm trying to feel different textures and this is hot and that's cold and that's basically what I do is I just go around and I touch things and I hold on to things because it makes me feel a bit more grounded to my physical environment. Um, Obviously that's not the only way I've coped with it but I can't really think of all the ways I have, but that's just an example of like a toolkit. Oh, like for me as well, I use like guided breathing. So the minute I would feel a panic attack coming on, I would open my phone. I had an app and I don't have the app anymore, but you can find a ton of them. Um, But it would be an app for anxiety and calming anxiety attacks and like avoiding them and it would be like now breathe and breathe out and be aware of your surround you know like that kind of stuff like all airy fairy um but yeah so that's kind of how i did it and then lastly this is more not of like coping with anxiety but more like overcoming anxiety and this is your comfort zone now you need to push push your comfort zone push the limits so something i learned in therapy when i was dealing with really bad social or just anxiety in general it was very hard for me to do anything that was busy so if i like if there was just too much movement that freaked me out and i i remember it was when justin bieber came to cape town I was dealing with such bad anxiety. I ended up being on tranquilizers that night to calm my anxiety and I don't remember the show. (laughs) But for me, in therapy, that's what we spoke about. That was my next step out of my comfort zone because I'd been doing small things like going to the shops, like really, like going for a walk or just around the, the, the neighborhood. That was such a challenge for me. So we'd work, I'd be like, okay, you've laid in bed for three months go and lie on the couch okay from the couch now maybe get up and go talk to your parents and then from there maybe go for a walk and then from there it's maybe you know go to your friend's house and and, you know work your way up so you gotta like push yourself out of your comfort zone but also not like from one day not being able to get in bed to traveling 
around the world by yourself like realistically so for me my comfort zone at the time was the Justin Bieber con- concert and that was a big step for me and I was able to go and I had a great time and that definitely helped me with my anxiety and I, I really think that if I didn't go that my anxiety would would have still been like if I'd never pushed that like semi lost comfort zone I'd still be an anxious wreck to this day so you've got to be able to push yourself out of your comfort zone but in moderation you know like I don't like leaving my house okay leave your house for an hour then once a week and then push it up to two hours and then three and then maybe for a day and then a sleepover now maybe two days and then you can spend the weekend at someone's you know like that kind of thing so that's how I've kind of learned to cope and deal with my anxiety um the next question is real depression versus what social media projects about depression for me honestly I feel that social media is definitely trying it's, it's definitely getting better at showing real anxiety it's definitely um improving and showing like the real effects of depression um but what I will say is that I think you know when they show people depressed on social media they're maybe say for example they've got like their hair's in a messy bun and they're eating ice cream let's just say that like you know the typical like oh I've broken up with a boy heartbreak kind of you know it's very much like seen as like not as bad as it is so I think the parts that don't get shown is like you know especially like for people with long hair you know don't not washing your hair or brushing your hair for weeks or months even and it becomes a literal bird's nest and small things like and it's gross like it's it's disgusting like but unfortunately that's what it is so although I'm gonna say these things I'm also not trying to normalize it like I feel like people also go like let's normalize like not wanting to wash your hair when you're depressed and I'm like let's remove the stigma around it not the stigma well let's normalize you know going through depressive episodes but I think we've got to also just you know there's a stigma around not washing your hair for a reason like people like remove the stigma of like not wanting to brush your teeth when you're depressed it's like let's not remove that stigma actually because that's disgusting like yes I go through phases where I don't wash my hair I don't brush my like I feel disgusting and you know the last thing I need is someone being like yeah gross but I'm also if you don't want someone being like that's normal it's fine you do you like that's not how it is but I think that having these episodes it's a lot more disgusting that's the only way I can put it it's a lot more gross than what is portrayed on social media like you know you don't take care of yourself you're not maybe washing yourself as well you smell bad your room's a mess or for me like for me when I go through because I also suffer from OCD I can go through depressive episodes where everything has to be spotless everything has to be spotless not one thing can be out of place so I think that like in a way social media is put it as you're a gross mess lying in bed 
clothes all over the room but it's a lot more than that and it can look completely opposite like I look back at photos of myself like like in the beginning of high school I'm going to use that as an example where I was at such a low point in my life and I was I looked so good and I looked like nothing was wrong with me you walk into my room and I mean I was never I've never been a neat person but like my room wouldn't be trashed like they show depressive the depressed person's room is you know I'd have people over I'd go out I'd want to go out and just do a bunch of stuff like it's different for everyone and I think that's more what we should be trying to normalize than normalizing like not brushing your teeth because you're depressed which is just my opinion and if you want to argue about it I don't really care think what you want okay next question is how do you comfort someone experiencing severe anxiety or depression now this question is very tough because there's no right and wrong way so for me what I can the advice I can give for this is just listening to what they need from you and you know it might sound stupid to be like hey I know you're going through a tough time and I want to be there for you what would you like and they're gonna be like oh no it's fine like thank you and you know you do the whole like call me if you need anything which I think is great you know like if you really mean someone must call you if they need anything then oh my gosh I'm gonna actually shoot this mic anyway um if you know if you really mean like call me if you need me then tell someone that but I think you've also got to be able to be like hey listen you are going through a tough time right now I know it's hard and I want to be there for you but I don't know how to do that and I want you to be completely honest with me on how I can help because I care about you I love you blah 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 and you know if that means that the person's like literally don't talk like leave me alone because that's how I was I just needed to be left alone I didn't want to talk to anyone I didn't want to see anyone I didn't want to have to make an effort you know so sometimes people just need space and you've got to be able to take that without being like they don't like me do you still like me and you bombard them with a bunch of questions of if they hate you and I know that can be difficult because that can be other people's anxiety is, you know, thinking that people constantly hate you. Um, I know that that's my anxiety. I don't really, like, I know people that go like, hey, do you like, like, I'm just feeling anxious and I feel like nobody likes me. Like, do you still like me? Which is fine. That's not how I am. I usually just feel like I'm, I, people don't like me. I'm a burden. I'm so annoying. And then I'll just kind of deal with it. But, you know, so I know that that's sometimes people's anxiety. But if you know someone's going through a tough time and you ask them, what do you need from me to make this easier for you? Whether they say, like, literally come live with me for a week. Now, I know that probably won't be possible for everyone. But if someone's like, I just need company, you know, be there for them. But also don't be there the whole time. Because that's also unhealthy. Because we can't just distract ourselves like a lot of people are like oh I'm going through a prob- like a phase right now I need people to be by me 24 7 I think that you need people around you so that you don't 
feel this way always but you also can't distract yourself for your entire life like you can't be like I need people over that otherwise I'm gonna be sad you know what maybe sometimes you need to sit in that sadness and figure out why am I sad like why am I feeling this way or just let yourself feel sad like that's the only way I can put it because you know sometimes some people just need a day to be sad and then they get up and go like for me I have days where I just need to cry and then I cry and then from there I'm fine and I move on with my day that's like how it works for me so sometimes you've just got to let yourself feel those emotions you can't just not feel them just because you want your friends over you want to be distracted but then on the other side of it you can't like if your friend says I really need space like that's my thing when I get depressed or anxious or whatever I I, I'm I'm on two extremities either like let's party let's joel whatever but when I'm really feeling it I don't want to go out like I really don't want to go out I don't want to see people I don't want to have to make an effort and if your friend needs that give that to them they need it they honestly need it they're asking for it because that's what their body and their mind wants But also don't go, okay, and then let them be this wreck for months just because they asked. So if your friend's like, I need space, you say, okay. And then in a week's time, you check up on them and they're like, yeah, I just want to lie at home. You go, you know what? I get that, but come, let's go for coffee or whatever, just for an hour. You know, you've got to be the friend that's also like gets them out the house, but, and this is a this is something that's super important because I've been on both sides. You cannot be the savior for your friend. You cannot let it take over your life. You've got a life as well. You've got things to do. You've got other friends, you know. You can't be at someone's beck and call. And that's something I've learned. You know, I have my best friend in the entire world my best friends, sorry, and I would do absolutely anything for them, I would go to the ends of the earth for them, but I'm not going to fight their battles for them, and they know this, I, I'm not going to fight your battles for you, and that's what I think every friendship needs, because some friendships, they're not toxic, but they just rely on each other, and whether this is a friend, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, you know, family, anything, you cannot be the savior you are not qualified unless you are someone's psychiatrist or psychologist even then actually you cannot be someone's savior people have to just get up and learn how to deal with life as well and I think that's super important so for my friends you know I get that they go through shit and I'm there for them but it gets to a point where I go I cannot carry this baggage for you this is something you have to carry by yourselves I will be there for you and if you are having a day where it feels like it's the end of the world I will be there but I'm not gonna try and solve your issues for you so I think that's definitely something you need to take into account is helping people with their anxiety and depression but not trying to be a savior you have a life as well and although you know sometimes it feels like 
you just want to be there for that person they're the only thing that matters and you know what some people in our lives are the only things that matter but you've got a life yourself as well and you don't want to look back on your life and be like i did nothing for myself so just keep that in mind next question is how do you deal with your friends asking you why you can't make it to previously arranged plans now I'm the complete wrong person to be answering this question because me personally I mean if I I don't like when people cancel plans last minute I I find it rude but I've also been on the other side where I've just been like the last thing I want to do today is go out so I think if you are honest with your friends and you say listen I am not having a good day today. The last thing, and it's not you, it's not the, like, your friends or my, you know, whatever. It's not about what we're doing or because you're you. I'm just having a day where I need to just not go out. I cannot go out. And I'm sorry that I'm cancelling plans last minute. And I promise, listen, and I promise... I will make it up to you and then you actually make it up to them. So that's the only advice I can give you on that because for me when I've made like well actually now that I'm thinking about it I do this like I was about to be like I don't do this I'm better than all of you which is not true at all but you know we all do this at some point and I've been very bad with it lately I know. In general, I'm not bad with this kind of stuff, but lately I've been bad with it. So I also feel like I'm not the person to act all high and mighty right now because I'm very guilty of this in the last two, three weeks. Um, But yeah, just, you know, you've got to just be honest. Because the thing is, is that, you know, if you keep blowing your friend off, they're going to get pissed and they're not going to really want to be your friend anymore. And that's understandable. You know, you've got to realize that is understandable. But, you know, if you're having a day where you can't go out and you don't really do this, or if, you know, I don't know, if it's not an important event, like, if you're missing your best friend's birthday because you're anxious, like, that's gonna be hurtful, but, you know, if you're, I think, if it's things that aren't as big, like, if it's not a birthday, if it's not a big event, if you're just going for coffee, if, I think if you're honest with your friends, they will understand, but then you've also got to understand where they're coming from, because we've got to be conscious of each other and you know like for me I've never understood the anxiety about like not bombarding I don't want to say that but I've never understood the anxiety of like messaging people and being like or like talking to people and being like I feel like you don't like me blah blah I've never really understood that so sometimes when people do that to me I'm like what are you on about literally get over yourself and then I have to remind myself that I don't deal with that so I don't know what that experience is like so I think in that aspect, you've got to be like, they've got to understand because they don't know where I'm coming from. They've just got to try and understand me. But then I've also just got to try and understand their frustration, especially if it's something you do a lot where you cancel on them a lot. You've got to understand that they might be frustrated. So I think it's just, you know, being able to talk it out and being able to listen to each other and understand each other. Now... One of the questions are, what impact did the process of matric marks and finals have on your mental health? So now, I'm pretty sure finals are coming up soon for the matrix of this year. 
And honestly, I mean, I was, of course, stressed. But I... Matric finals were not that stressful on me, actually. Like, they didn't take a big toll on my mental health. And I think that's just... I listen. Like, I can't sit here and be like, it wasn't stressful because I'm a great student and I work hard. I mean, I do now. In varsity, I do. I work very hard. I take pride in my work. You know, I put 100% in for everything I do. But in high school, that was not the case at all. I literally didn't do any work the entire year for matric. Like, when I say any, I really mean it. I didn't open a textbook till the night before my matric finals. I, I winged my, my, uh, my, um, yeah, mocks. I think that's what it's called. I can't even remember. You see how bad. Um, but I, I literally winged it the whole year. And then it got to finals and I was like, shit, wait, this is actually serious. And this is not really the year I want to redo. Like, cause it was straight. I listen, I had nights where I bawled my eyes out because my trick was hard. But that was more the project side and stuff. Because once again, my time management and just leaving everything to the last minute. So that was all on me. But for me, the finals, I studied the night before. I promise you. I studied economics, my business, maths, everything. I, everything I did, I studied the night before. And I did well. Like, I did pretty well in my exams. Um, could I have done better? Oh, yes, 100%. But, um, you know, it's... For me, I did I handle it well, Matric? Not at all. Not at all. But for me, it wasn't very hard on me. But now, like, I never really suffered from anxiety and stuff about school. Like, obviously, I'd cry about stuff. Like, that's kind of how I deal with it. I'd cry if stuff gets stressful. And I'm not good with dealing with stress. When I'm under pressure, I collapse and I do absolutely nothing. But for me, this year, I really started putting effort into what I was doing. And I got super anxious when it came to exams and projects, assignments, whatever. um, Because I took pride in my work. And so now I'm kind of understanding the whole why school and stuff is, like, so terrifying. (laughs) Like, I get it now. So for me, what I can say is... Do whatever you need to do. Find the way, like, whatever studying works for you, do that. You know, like, if making your notes look pretty and colourful and neat and all this, if that helps you to remember and learn, by all means do it. But if you're like, that shit literally is such a waste of time, I could be learning so much more efficiently then don't do it. Like, it's honestly finding what works for you and really learning not to procrastinate because that's always been my biggest issue. Even now, like, I'm pro- like I'm literally supposed to be doing a project now that's due for the 5th of November and I haven't done any of it. And I, I like, it's a big project. So I know that for that project, I'm going to be stressed because I know that it's going gonna, it's gonna to feel like a last minute thing, which it won't be. Like, I'm going to work on it. And it, it, it won't be a night before kind of thing, but it's going to feel like it. And that's honestly the only thing I can say is like for me, matric wasn't really that much of a burden on my mental health, like finals, but 
it's definitely something that I know is a problem for other people. So the only thing I can say is just being able to just find whatever works for you. Because what works for you might not work for other people. And what other people do might not work for you. Another question is, have you found that being around certain people has had a positive effect on yourself regarding depression and anxiety? Yes. So I've had people in my life that I felt, you know, they've had a positive and a negative effect on my life in general, my anxiety and my depression. I was friends with a friend group in the beginning of high school that I was like, they're my best friends, they're so funny. But it was a very wishy-washy friendship group. One day we were on, the next day we were off. And I had some very toxic people in that friend group. You know, some of the people that I'm not friends with now, it's not because I think they're a bad person at all. They just probably weren't right for me. Which I think is also something we've got to learn that just because you... Just because you don't get along with someone doesn't mean they're a bad person. But I will say that I had some horrible... I was friends with some horrible people. And... That really had a negative impact on me. Because I felt like I had to... Not that I became like a mean person. But if they were like... I was very shy and like almost insecure about like my body. And they were very flashy and they you know showed off everything which is fine like is I have no problem with that but I kind of like felt the need to do that too and it made me feel very uncomfortable I wasn't really comfortable with it and I kind of just felt like I was living as a person that I'm not you know and like it just oh my god I literally I'm so sorry about this I'm gonna send everyone money because of this I feel so bad um I'm not actually going to do that but oh my god shut up anyway can you guys hear that that's so annoying anyway so they had like a negative effect on me in that way but then I've also had people like in my life now I think that I've got a good friend group right now because they don't have a negative effect on my mental health. So I think, you know, my close... I mean, I'm fr- I'm friends with a lot of people. Like, would I call myself popular? No, not at all. But I think... I, I'm friends with a lot of people. But people that I actually am, like, hang out with a lot, there's not a lot of those. And the people that I constantly surround myself with make me feel great. I, they make me feel accepted and wanted and, like, not judged. Which is great because I've always been like, how do people deal with me? I'm annoying. I like, hey, I, I've got a very negative self-image. I constantly think I'm not pretty enough, not skinny enough, not like funny enough, smart enough, or just, you know, I, I constantly am like, I don't deserve the things I get. Why would anybody like me? So be, finding a group of friends that doesn't make me feel that way has made me feel a lot better about myself. Um, so... There's definitely, my friends now definitely make me feel like I have a place where I belong. Because, like, my mom would always be like, oh, you know, you're not like, you're beautiful, you've got a beautiful body, like, you're great, your friends are lucky to have you. And, but I always am like, mom, you know, you have, I'm, I'm your child, you're supposed to tell me these things, but... 
yeah it's just that's difficult i might have like one more question i'm gonna do like one more question okay last question is what do you do when you simply can't get out of bed now this one's actually very interesting because i had this exact conversation with my psychologist last week and the week before this has been like the topic of my life lately actually and i've been struggling with this a lot like to get myself out of bed to film this podcast why do i keep saying film record this podcast was i mean i'm i was so excited to do it and that's my thing i was like i can't wait to film my my podcast oh my god record my podcast and you know just all that i was excited and i was like oh but i don't want to set up i don't want to get out of you know like i'm really struggling with that i want to get out i want to go for a run i want to hang out with friends but i actually but i don't but i actually don't i just want to stay in bed and for me like i've spoken with my psychologist and that has stemmed from my health and like i know i'm not sure if everyone knows this but i have kind of posted about it on my instagram that my health hasn't been great lately you know i've got a lot of new medical conditions and i'm i'm on a lot of meds and just life's like very upside down for me right now i'm very much living in the unknown but that will be solved soon hopefully i think tomorrow i'm gonna go see a surgeon and hopefully they give me some good news i don't know what good news at this point though but um so for me that's kind of where mine has been it's been i've been drained and i i very much i'm like i constantly want to go out i'll go out every single day of the i will completely kill myself and until i'm sick of leaving my room and then i hibernate for a month and then i jaw for a month and then i hibernate for a month because i just i'm so used to like the extremities i've always and unfortunately i'll always be like this I'm very extreme, so, you know, I'm either always out, always having fun, or I'm always in bed, always depressed, so, my my psychologist and I have been saying is that you need to be able to do things in moderation, so for me, what I needed right now was to let myself feel this, like, sadness and want, and just lie in bed. And I let myself do that. And now I'm excited to go out. Like, I'm going out tonight. And I know, like, I'm excited. Did I just burp into the mic? That is disgusting. I'm so sorry. If you heard that, I apologize. But anyway, I'm not going to cut it out. Like, I'm going out tonight. And I'm excited. I want to go out. The, the thought of going out and getting dressed and looking, like, putting in effort sounds like the worst thing on the planet. But I'm forcing myself to go out because I don't want them out. I'm going to have a good time. And even if I just want to be there for like two hours, like I'm going out. And that's because I've let myself lie in bed. If you want to lie in bed, there's probably, your body's asking for you to please lie in bed. And you know, that's not, if you're going through a really bad depressive episode, you know, then maybe no. But if you have just overkilled yourself or... You just actually just simply want to lie in bed for a week. You know, there's there's clearly a reason why your body is asking for that. Your body is literally begging you to stay in bed. That's why you've probably been in bed for a week. So let your body, you know, do what it needs to do. If your body really needs to go out, take it out. 
if your body really needs to stay in, stay in. But you also can't, like, lie in bed or party for the rest of your life. So you've really got to listen to what your body wants. But then at some point you've got to be like, you know what? No, you need to stop this bad habit. But yeah, so that's kind of my... That's kind of the end of this podcast. The questions took quite a while, actually. I think that's just because I talk a lot. But I think that mental health is definitely something we need to keep talking about. And, like, I know everything I'm saying right now and I have said sounds so cliche. Like, we need to talk about mental health. And, like, anxiety and depression, like, isn't showing, like, the way it actually is felt. And, like, blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, like, I, I understand I sound like that a little bit. But sometimes it's good to just have these conversations over and over again. Like... You know what, if you don't want to listen to mental health bullshit all day, because I will agree, sometimes it feels like absolute bullshit. Like, sometimes my Instagram is just so filled with everyone being like, "Mm, mental health, love yourself, anxiety and depression's normal. I'm like, fuck off. Like, yes, I know that. Thank you. You don't need to say it 40 times. Other people have said it. But that's when I just stop listening to it. So... I think that these conversations always need to be available. You know, like, maybe someone probably saw that this was the topic and they were like, oh my god, that is so boring, we're on this subject again. Because I get like that a lot. Sometimes I think that mental health is spoken, like, like constantly spoken about. And I'm just someone that gets bored with a conversation that's keep being repeated. But I know it's an important conversation to have. So I think that, you know, you don't always want to listen about you know, sometimes you just want to look at bullshit online. You want to look at random stuff that makes you laugh. But I think that these kind of resources are important. So if you don't want to listen to an hour podcast about anxiety and depression, you don't have to. But if you feel that it's something that you kind of need to do, or if it's something that you kind of need advice on, or I mean, not that I would call this educational, but like... In general, if you need a res- like if you need to educate yourself on mental health, like I definitely think resources that aren't just textbooks need to be supplied. So, although I think that sometimes we do kind of need to shut up about having the best life you can possibly have because sometimes the repetition of these subjects get old really quick. But I think it's something that we can't stop talking about because these kind of resources always have to be available for us or for other people but yeah so that's my podcast for this week I'm sorry that I haven't uploaded the last two podcasts I'm actually supposed to upload I have literally been on the verge of wanting to die and then my I've been so ill I'm gonna be so I'm literally feel like I need to go on a run to take out all this anger from this mic set. Anyway, I uh, just want to say thank you so much for listening and yeah, I hope this was helpful in some way, especially to people that sent in questions. If I didn't answer your question, I'm sorry, but I probably did. But if I missed your question, I hope that you still got some use out of this. And hope it wasn't too long and boring. And I know I rambled on about my life, but I hope that everyone has a good week. Be kind and I will see you next week. Bye.